Welcome. It's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here. The episode today is with uh, Derek Grady, one of the VPs at Heritage Auctions. It's had a, a long and storied career in the industry. And we got in a roll and started talking, and I will carve that up into a couple of uh, episodes for your listening pleasure. I really enjoyed hearing Derek's story, some of the things, what's going on in Heritage, as well as some of his other experiences, and just two veterans talking about uh, what's old and what's new, what's uh, coming back around in the industry, but all made possible by sponsors, certainly including Heritage, <laughs> the, Derek's employer and my good friends there, but also Huggins and Scott, ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, and Tops Panini and Upper Deck. So great sponsors, uh, great interview uh, with Derek. We had a good time and uh, let's turn it over to that conversation. Again, thank you for your listening support. If you got any questions, contact me at drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. So uh, without further ado, here's uh, Derek Grady. Grading is a skill that is uh, acquired. And I would, again, I just wondered if you agree with me on this, that there are some elements of grading. Non-graders think it can be fully automated and artificial intelligence and all that kind of stuff. And I don't think it can be fully I don't think it can be. Even, I don't, even centering. They think centering is a no-brainer. You just I don't it. think it can be. And then they mock me to say, if cars can drive themselves, if we can go to outer space, don't tell me baseball card grading, and they can do surgery via robot, and they can do this. Why can't card grading? And I was like, at the end of the day, you're going to get a computer. You're going to – I don't – there has to be a benefit of the doubt given for centering for the issue. I know how different cards – a 48-leaf page, Okay. The blurriness, the double vision, the the out of focus. That's great that they're going to pen it like the computer's going to penalize absolutely every aspect technically. But then when it's in focus, may, can it be a half grade better? Can it be? I like a human that has experience. They're telling me it is a artificial intelligence is a human. Basically, it's taking it's all of your knowledge and everybody's knowledge into the computer program. But I have to see it. I don't buy it. When it gets there, let's have professional graders, the computer do it, and have professional graders do it. And let's see how close the outcome is. I think we're on the same page there. It reminds me of when we're doing price guides back in the day, especially when it was mainly me with some great helpers, but it, a lot of it went through me in the early days. And basically, I think we made our money on the exceptions. There are a bunch of cards you could figure out what they were going for, but and it wasn't formulaic, but there were some patterns that you would see in the data that this card is worth more than this. But where we made money and where we stood out is that we went to the extra mile to, to, to do the exceptions. That this seems like it's overpriced, but it's what it's selling for. This seems like it's underpriced, but what it's selling for. Now we try to figure out the reason why. That's the reason why roboticized grading is going to be difficult because there's so many exceptions. They're Correct. cards. Agreed. They're cards that are the artistic design is not even set up for really centering in a measurable sense. Now, there's again, issues that that exist like that now where people still debate whether it's centered or not. Fifty-four tops. Exactly. There's lots of different issues. Right. I I think we need to leave humans grade. <laughs> I think that's the way it should be. I don't think automate automated grade. Now people think here's where the here's where the collectors some think there's a bias. Okay. A big dealer, bigger submitters get preferential treatment. A computer's not going to get preferential treatment. First of all, there's no preferential treatment. We submit a ton of cards on behalf of clients at Heritage. Okay. I'm reviewing stuff all the time where I, I just want to be treated. I feel like I just want to get the right grade, not even the best, just the accurate grade. 
work rack, it's you're constantly reviewing stuff because you don't want to get your consigner kill. If the card's an eight and they're going to, a grading is going to put in a seven, what's an eight all day long. Okay. Humans do make errors. And that's why the review policy is important to review stuff where a lot of people still crack cards out and send them back in. Okay. Exactly. But that, and that's, that's the option. That's not it's even a not bad a bad thing. thing. These are humans. Dynamic element that, uh, like you say, buying the card, not the holder, because ultimately, I mean, there's, there's, there's some bad examples of that, but it, there, there's nothing sinful about having an opinion and your opinion would be more, more respected than most because of your experience. But I think if you're looking at a hundred cards at a show, your ability would be to see what's undergraded or overgraded. Sure. And I, well, I that doesn't mean that is a skill. Now you, yeah. you're, you're going to be correct most of the time, but not all the time. Not all the time. No, you don't know who it, it's going to go to, but, but you can't go pick the floor like they do in coins per se. Like dealers go look to, to pick, coins get them upgraded there's i think the coin i feel there's so many more potential flaws on a card than a coin now maybe the coin guys would disagree with me but it's because there's scratches on the coin you're dealing with oh so many different types of cornerware that is it been pressed down has the corner been pressed down has it been worked on a little bit so if you go crack it out you could be like ah crap you can't even get it back in the same grade exactly. it's very difficult to go pick a floor and the grading's so tight right now when you see a card that's an 8.5 that you think it's a nine and you look through the holder to see and you try and buy it, let's just say it is a nine. Now try and get PSA or Beckett or S to put it in a nine. You know what I mean? When you resubmit it, they, you might be lucky to get your 8.5 back. Do you feel like there's a bias? With crossovers? Crossovers, yeah. Oh, uh, with crossovers, 100%. I've now I will tell you this. I've estimated it at 0.5. It's unbelievable, the bias, but I will tell you this. It's a grade. It's a half a grade bias against. At least. Very difficult for graders to do. I did not like doing them. I know. So, but you're actually doing something like that. So we were talking about these other companies, but yep. you, Derek, on behalf of Heritage, are looking at graded cards that are coming into the, that are proposed for your future auctions. Yep. You're considering whether or not there could be a crossover opportunity or a re-slabbing opportunity. Not so much because I tell the consigner, and people always ask that, okay? I tell the consigner the odds of them crossing it over are slim to none. Okay. Cause they usually don't. Then it's how much of a downgrade do you want? And then I, I think it's just better off based on the turnaround times, the cost to just leave it as it is. You bought it as it is. Now I like to review a Beckett card with Beckett and SGC card with SGC, a PSA card with PSA. I don't like to try and muddy the waters and cross over. Well, my point is even, okay. Even within company and you're such a respected name in the hobby, when you say, look, we got this in our auction, I'd like you to take a second look at this. You graded this X number of years ago, perhaps. Could you take a look at it? It looks good to me. When you're doing that, have you used any other stuff besides just your eyes to look at it? Do you, do you have any uh, electron microscope or something? No, I use my, I use reading glasses. I put on reading glasses, honestly. So I take these off, my regular glasses. I put on a pair of reading glasses and I will literally have a card with reading glasses on, okay? This is a 54 Red Heart Roy McMillan, okay? Um, and I will, if you loop a card, it's just 16. So I have a 16 power loop. I mainly use that for alterations because if you magnify any corner, it's going to look like every a disaster. Buses, yeah. Yes, you can't, okay? So any grader that takes a loop to every corner when you're just assessing a grade, I don't do that. I didn't train graders. You use a loop for alterations, okay? You can catch the color out it. You can catch... A, Erasing or coloration. Yeah, or but I with a, with a magnified, a 1.5 magnified reading glasses, my eyes, I have great vision as it is, but then I can just hone in on a card and assess a grade. And, and I don't use loops until I really have to, because it really doesn't 
help that much in determining the grade. Because if you looped every corner, it would look bad. Well, to our conversation about robotic automated grading, can any corners ever get a look good? No. When you magnify it enough, it's... uh... Yeah, maybe some of these panini cards that come out where they're laser cut and they're perfect. No, but they're not card. They're, they're, they're plastic or there's some yeah, that's true. Chromium, yeah. chromium stuff, whatever. Yeah, you're right. So not even a 1987 tops card. I'm sure if we looped all four corners, okay, are we going to find, we know uh, there's probably still making it. I still see 87 tops on open stuff everywhere, but they made a ton of it and there should be plenty of gem mint stuff, but I don't know that a computer would call it gem mint. I totally agree with you. I, that's why I don't think it's going to work. I'd be, somebody's going to do it though. Somebody's going to do it. And, but I don't think it's going to work. And I honestly, I don't think it's going to give the benefit of the doubt on tougher issues whatsoever because it doesn't know to. It will be interesting. I don't think it will work, though. I really don't believe it will. Plus, algorithmically, and I know because I was very involved in this, algorithmically, yeah. the computer might be able to tell you in, a, in an opinion of the, that whether something's a 10 or a 9 or an 8. But if you throw out a, an older card and whether it's a 4 or a 5 or a 6, that's another story. If it's a Gaudi or a play ball or something, or a T206. I'm just wondering, like you said, the, the, the closer to scrutiny, the more the robot is going to generate a lower grade. And how about a, what's defining a wrinkle? You know how there's some people that there's a scratch? Does the computer think that might be a wrinkle? Does the computer think there's little thing? I just don't know. Now, they could also tell me that a human will have the final say. The human's going to have the final say anyway, just let the human grade the card, <laughs> right? This... Uh, there are cards that are not, uh, BGS does uh, surface, and the surface is not always flat. There's embossed cards. There's, when you have a signed card, there can be the topography of the card. It's not, it's, yeah. it becomes three-dimensional, right. uh, that, you know, which I, when I graded cards, which was pre-slabbing days, you'd feel the card. And when somebody brought, and I've told this story before, but one of my buddies bought a, a, a plank. He got a great deal on it. It turned out to be not a real card. And I knew it immediately when he said, hey, I, I, I bought this card. I got a really good price on it. I said, you bought a fake. <laughs> you bought a fake. It, it didn't feel. That's how counterfeiters know what's, they study what's real. So that when something pops up that's not real, it feels different. It feels different. And, yeah. a, and a computer can't feel the card. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point on altered cards. Can it catch altered cards? If it's done well and it doesn't black light and a card doctored, add some kind of epoxy glaze or something where it doesn't blacklight. And they're, they're very good. Raiders get paid for that reason. When people say, why did Raiders make so much money? It's not because they did a Panini prism break case and everything's a nine or a 10 or a nine five. Okay. It's because there's people out there that figure out a way to get it past the graders, get it past the blacklight. Yeah, but, but it's also graders that handle a lot of cards of that type of that era of that, of that brand. Yeah. And you can feel it. You close your eyes and smell it. You can smell the top smell. Okay. Even on counterfeit FLIR 84 updates, you can smell it. They have a certain smell, but the feel you're hundred percent. When you have something in your hand and it doesn't feel right, they, there's something wrong. No matter how good it is, there's something wrong. That's important as a grader. Yeah. Speaking of graders, let's go, go to heritage. Does heritage have a division of labor that allows specialties? And when I look at your roster, like you said, you've got the 27 Yankees there, but is there a division of labor where uh, is it more geographical or topical or because there clearly are some specialists that you have w- within the team? Well, I or think is everybody more generalists. Okay. I would argue that you have to be somewhat a generalist. Okay. Cause I'm in a house. So just to let you know my, so once I became, I was always a card collector, became a professional grader, was the head grader. There's, I'm only learning now from stuff that comes in. So how do I expand that? 
I get into game worn jerseys, bats, uniforms. So that's what I collect uniforms, bats, unopened wax, a little bit of everything. Okay. So when I go into somebody's house, obviously I'm a card expert, but I also know jerseys and bats and photos and a little bit of everything. And that was part of where it broadened my horizons when I went to Master Pro. Okay. So now I'm actually, I know jerseys very well. Okay. And I collect that. And we do have specialists at Heritage that are, we have memorabilia guys. We have guys that are very good at Babe Ruth autographs. We have guys that are very good at game bats and game jerseys. Pete Calderon is a vintage card guy. Leah Skowitz is a vintage card guy. Andy Saldana worked at Beckett. He's more of a modern card guy, but he knows cards. He can, he knows different issues. He can write other stuff. Dan Imler, Rob Rosen, they can bring in cards and memorabilia. Chris can bring in cards and memorabilia. Um, I, when I, there's almost nothing I can't, bring in i know bobbin heads i know because i was just a true hobbyist i love that my problem is i collect everything i think i can do what you do and i'm like <laughs> yeah i i just i, I with I, it's <laughs> i don't even know what to say i get i'm like so if i was a doctor or a lawyer you wouldn't say that but because i am a card expert that means and i said it's 19th century to present in all four sports and non-sports right and they're like i can be taught and i was like do you know how many years i've learned that i've learned that since 1980 to present and still finding stuff to this day. And they are just like, hey, I collected cards in the 80s and 90s, so therefore I can grade, I can be a grader. Now, I wish I had a test I could just give them. They'll get killed on any test and then they're just done. It's not that easy, obviously. If you gave them a test, Derek, they would they would not pass the test. No. And then they would claim that the test is unfair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know how that works. And that's an unreasonable test. Yeah, unreasonable. It's probably what you deal with and what I used to deal with uh, regularly because there's an amazing diversity of cards uh, out there. And I'm still learning. I enjoy visiting with Rich Klein and he's you know seeing a lot of cards. He's still learning. But uh, oh, there's still new discoveries, man. I love it. Pipeline. You're, you're getting some major collections yes. that, are, that are being uh, released. Maybe it's by the widow or the family or something like that, but it's still, there's some great stuff out there that's, and the prices are high now. So it's, yeah, now's the time. When I used to buy collections back in the seventies, I, I made the joke of occasionally I lost a collection because my offer was too high. And the person would say, if it's worth that much, maybe I'll just hold on to it. Saying that, nobody's saying that. If you say, hey, here's our, our pre-auction estimate. They're not saying, oh, that's more than I thought. I'll just let it ride. I'll wait for the next increase. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine people are doing that now. If you're telling them, hey, this is what we think we're going to get, they're going to say, hey, we, there's a lot of things we could do with that kind of money. 